Welcome everyone to the Perlo Podcast, top 10 lists from the South Carolina Low Country. It is season two, episode 10, and we are recording live while the Daytona 500 has resumed. I am your host, Shane, joined tonight by Mathis. They're making another left. <laughs> and Adam. Four hours of left, Sean. <laughs> At 200 miles an hour. If you've never listened to this show before, the format is I give these gentlemen a topic. They take that topic. They create a top 10 list from that topic. And we reveal those top 10 lists while we record for you. Tonight's topic is all-time sports upsets. But first, city shout-outs, Pauley's Island, South Carolina. Appreciate my former home in the low country tuning in. Love you, Dre. Thank you, Dre. <laughs> he doesn't live in Pauley's Island, so it can't be him. It might be somebody else. <laughs> they counted it as Litchfield, too. <laughs> he doesn't live there either. Akron, oh. He's the Merle Zillin guy. Akron, Ohio. Thank you, LeBron and family, for tuning in. Brentwood, Tennessee. Thank you from Dolly World. Tuning in. And San Juan, Puerto Rico. We've shouted you out before, but you keep tuning in, so we're going to keep shouting you out. Thank you, San Juan. You Do you are- think we're like God? You think we're like gods in San Juan? It was just maybe like a shrine with all our like stuff on there. Like they prayed us every night. No. You think that they're, they're selling unlicensed Perlo podcast gear? I think there's definitely a t-shirt too. You think they have you think they have like t-shirts that said I read Kane Mutiny? <laughs> like, it's and like I read meat market. <laughs> and they have <laughs> they have hats with big words in the dictionary on them. Uh, I feel like there's I feel like there's one that says like drink it's like drink when they drink when you say a word they don't know. And there's <laughs> there's there's some in some bazaar in Iran, there's a shirt that says Japan drink on it. That, like, <laughs> There is some bazaar somewhere around the world that has the famous Venn diagram. Yes, yes, yes. And and Matt from Lake City is on it. He's made it. There's definitely, I I heard, I got word um, that there are uh, street vendors in San Juan selling uh, Sean is my homeboy shirts. So I know those are big. We need to trademark that stuff. We're we're losing a lot of money off of it. I think we would lose money in that venture. (laughs) <laughs> before we not just lose money like really piss some good money away <laughs> <laughs> before we get into the list let's talk impeachment oh for two i'd rather not <laughs> i'll do it because we all know where i stand um the colonel's in a much dicier situation because um, he, lives, he lives in a real trump world the colonel's <laughs> just really tired of it he's just so tired it's of it so boring Again, the whole thing comes back to it was a losing proposition from day one. Like, you weren't going to get enough votes. You no. knew you weren't going to get enough votes. And only that, the as a buddy of ours said, I can look at a calendar and tell you this is going to end. That <laughs> the solution's already going to be there. Like Exactly. Yes. It, it, we're wasting it, it, time a, and taxpayer dollars is what we're doing. Yeah, to some level, and I understand why the why the Democrats punted because at some point it's holding you up from your actual agenda, which is starting to seem a bit aggressive. Like they're actually like, it appears that Joe Biden has learned some lessons from Barack Obama of don't wait, just do what you do. Like he's doing the Republican thing. Like there's not he's not waiting around to fake bipartisanship. It's like do what I do and let's just roll with it, which I appreciate as a Democrat because normally we're like, oh, we want everybody to feel good, be part of the same team. Well, and the other side is like, we'll rip your throat out. Like, well, it's not the, same thing. the far left is really pushing that because they're like, let's not repeat Clinton and Obama. Let's 
Yeah. I mean, we, listen, we man. don't want to lose the house in two years. I mean, I mean, if we wouldn't waste the time on impeachment, we'd have $1,400 in student loan debt canceled. So let's just get it done. Yeah. yeah let's get that whole, I do appreciate <laughs> though that the, I do appreciate though that some of the videos that we didn't see on January 6th, uh, actually now like we that when people got to see them like the one where the officers like put throwing people out of the way to get them to safety like there's some stone there were some stone cold heroes that day that i don't think are getting their due um i also like how our local representative down here managed to flip flop every which way she could at first it was an abomination yeah. and now it's oh it wasn't that big a deal when you yourself were saying you were barricading yourself in your office like in true Citadel fashion. You know, they got to they gotta get ready for that next run, my man. You know what? And that's exactly, because here's the thing, in the House of Representatives, let's be real, in the two-year span, you're just fun, the day you win, the day you're fun, you're fundraising that day. Like, you know, it's, you have no time to, at least as a senator, you get a little time to breathe, but every two years, like, there's no way. But it's... it's it, it's literally I'm, I'm beginning to think that that's the plan just wear us all down where we're so tired of it all we just stop paying attention uh, and again the thing is like at some point we need democrats to step away and let the specter of donald trump die like the whole idea is like quit keep trying the idea that you're gonna just keep punching that bag when he's gone now and he let, hey, let him yell from the yep. sidelines who cares the longer Dude. he's in the news the worse it can be long term he gets more validity and let's be real. If you want to drive Donald Trump crazy, what do you do? Not talk about him and not care what he says. Ignore him. Exactly. Because that dude at the end of the day is like a three-year-old. Like, he wants attention now. And so anytime you mention his name, man, he, li like, he lives for it. Like, everything I've ever heard about him or read about him from people who were next to him was like, yeah, he is as absolutely as petty as you think he is. Like, it's not like a – it's not an act. That's who he really is. So, man, do you, man. You get, you get to be in power for at least two years. Go figure it out and get some stuff done. It's just like literally, I was just like, you know what? I'm not gonna worry about politics or anything today. I'm just gonna enjoy a nice Perlo podcast with the boys, and here it is. Uh, you know, hey, Sean, Sean likes to get me all worked up, man. That's who he is. I like to mix. I like to mix up our day. So if we're gonna do like a political or a history topic, I want to throw in like a sports you know, thing to talk about first for our warm up. But if we're doing sports, which we are tonight, sports upsets, I'm gonna throw in some politics as our as Hamster our got off the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey important to note that the only reason we're doing sports upsets is because we all got the Super Bowl wrong. Every yes, single exactly. that needs to be that needs to be mentioned that we so were bad. all completely and utterly wrong. Like could I was, not have been more wrong if we tried. <laughs> yep. We were I was closer to a more accurate Super Bowl when I was joking. It's probably gonna end 17 to 7 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I was right about was I said one team would have five scores and the other would have three. And that's exactly what happened. It's got the teams wrong and the final wrong. <laughs> yeah. like we, we we could not have which just proves again how it's a one in a football because it's a one game sample is kind of random like it like it really is about you you having a good day and them having a bad day that's what's really great, what the Super Bowl and what's great about that is we're going to see a, quite a few of those examples on tonight's top tens exactly because you mean to tell me right now you think every, we know for a fact that kansas city that is not that much worse than the bucks like we know that for we saw what happened in the regular season yeah they're like, probably not worse at all they're probably better in a 10 if they play an 11 game series i bet kansas city wins the six 
Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't shock you at all. But again, and that's what makes that sport so interesting because it is literally about like you can't have like a bad day on that day or else it's over. Like it's no, no like it's one it, night, and you catch someone on the wrong night, it's done for them. And that's, you yeah, catch, that makes that makes football great. You catch a team with their offensive line just banged to bejesus. Yeah, ask Neil O'Donnell how one bad night can ruin your entire year. Uh, yeah, God. Don't talk to Fiddler about, about it. He still has trauma. <laughs> thinking about. Let's get oh. into it. Top 10 sports upsets of all time, but as always, first notable omissions. The first is Rulon Gardner, Greco-Roman Wrestling, 2000 Sydney Olympics. I remember watching that, but the problem was is – that felt like such a weird victory because all they didn't really do anything. Like yeah. I watched that whole thing. It's like a what's a six minute match, right? Yeah, and he won and, like two to one in points or something like that. Well, real because small. He he won like one to nothing because yeah. the uh Cremoli or whatever his name was, like he unclasped his hands, which is against the rules in Greco-Roman wrestling. Um and like he unclassed his hands, and so it was a penalty, and that's how he won. And I was happy the American won, but like it wasn't very dramatic. Like if you go back and watch this, you'd be like, "Why am I watching two dudes <laughs> dance aggressively with each other?" Well, I mean, you were going to watch that on your own free time, no matter what. But it's, <laughs> this one happened to be for something. I grew up in Pennsylvania, where wrestling is really big. It's a big deal. So it was a little bit bigger of a deal, I guess, where I grew up. But I remember it was on like in. Like first thing in the morning when you woke up, like getting ready for school is what I remember because, you know, Sydney time is different. And, you know, some people can compare it to another Cold War type upset. And I'm like, eh, no, because we really don't know the rules and it's weird. And it wasn't really it's like a, you know, like a boring boxing match. No, I've never been starved for sports and been like, I think I'll watch two oiled up dudes go at it for a while. <laughs> Not for sports. For other things, yes. For other things, sure, but not for sports. <laughs> the next notable omission on the sports upset, this one has a local flair, Coastal Carolina College World Series. It's baseball in college. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big upset. It was cool for Coastal to win. I mean, there's nothing beyond that. To, it just doesn't stick out of, like, of all time to me in all sports as like one of the greatest upsets of all time. You realize South Carolina is the only state that cares about the college world series. It's literally just us. I think there's only only one. I think there's two college baseball programs that operate in the black South Carolina and UCLA. I saw that. I read that somewhere a couple years ago. Maybe LSU baseball. Apparently they still have the red. There's other good baseball programs, but we're the only state that cares. Like, because like we like, as a state, we care when we win. Like in Louisiana, LSU's in the baseball players, like, ah, cool, they're in the playoffs. For us, it's like a holiday. People stop what they're doing, they watch it. Like it's a thing. We're the only state that cares. Do you think that, that downtown Nashville was packed like downtown Columbia was after the two <laughs> South Carolina national championships when Vanderbilt won? Probably not. No, sir. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember those nights very candidly. I'm sure you too, uh, do as well, Adam. When South Carolina won the College World Series, it was like. It was like they freaking won the college football championship. Yeah, a guy got on the roof at Pavlov's and everybody was chanting for him. Yeah. And as they were escorting him out, he was on the top of the steps and he was high-fiving everybody and he turned to high-five me. And when he grabbed my hand, he also stepped to go down the steps. At the same time, he just fell down the steps. So it looked like I <laughs> threw him 
down the steps. Ah, uh, yes. I made a lot of money those nights, though, bartending. Yeah. A lot. So yeah. those were good things. Um, and the last notable mission, Texas Western College Basketball National Championship. First- I thought about putting that one in here. Yeah, that I thought I thought that too. Um, I it just it's so I, I don't personally remember it. I don't. And there's some of that I put on there. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like my, my 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 thing is like it's a big deal and it's a huge moment, especially in Black History Month. It's a huge deal. But um, I just it's I have a per I I I have a personal connection to the other ones. I feel like I guess it's weird because some of them might happen before, but like still. I, that just seems like so long ago. It just does. And I've watched that Glory Road movie a thousand times. It's. I think it literally happened the year before one of the events on my list that I'm pretty sure is on yours too. Yeah. Maybe somebody guaranteed something. Nope. Did not. That I did not. I uh, hate him that much. I did yeah, not hate that one. Talking about that one then, but that's neither here nor there. That's. I that's, hate. If we're going to talk about these lists, let's get into them. All right. This one's weird, but it's Mathis's number 10. Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey. Do y'all remember when the Ronda Rousey thing was huge? Like no, I blocked it out. Yeah. Like it, 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 like, I don't like think that was a, fun. I'm gonna tell you this. I it was it's big enough that like my wife got into it. Like it was a huge deal. Like we watched her fight. She was knocking people out like in 20-something seconds. Like she was considered to be the face of women's fighting. And like that was starting to become a big deal. And we uh we we ordered the fight because I remember I went to go watch the fight somewhere, I was trying to find somewhere that was showing it. You couldn't get in anywhere in the previous two fights. So I said, bump it. We're gonna get the fight at the house and watch it. And we were convinced she was gonna win. It wasn't gonna be close. Nobody had heard of this long, you know, this girl who had been like a boxing champion, Holly Holm. And next thing you know, like the bell rings and Ding, ding. Ronda Rousey gets smoked. I mean, absolutely just manhandled. Um, and it was over in like a minute and a half. Like, it was it was so crazy. Um, you know, they, she absolutely killed her. Like, it wasn't – it was not an accident. She knocked her out. Um, and then that – and, you know, you hadn't really heard much from Rousey since. She's a, U- a WWE fighter now. Um, but well, first it was of all, a- they're not fighters. They're, they're uh, sports entertainers. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, it, basically drove, it basically drove her out of the sport. Like it really did. It, it it's a big enough upset. It drove her out of the sport because it became obvious she was not elite. And um, you know, it was a nobody saw it coming. I think Rousey was a favorite by like she was like plus four thousand or something. Like it was crazy. It was huge. And then uh, you know, Holly Holm ended it. And yep, yeah, basically, is this comparable to McGregor and? Uh, Poirier or whatever a few weeks ago when McGregor got embarrassed? No, because McGregor – because he's towards the end. Yeah, he's kind of back nine, to be uh, honest with you. Who was it? Was it Diaz that knocked him out? Um, when he lost his first one um, after he fought Floyd and then he came back and fought again and got knocked out, it's more akin to that. Um, or when he lost to uh, Kramazdov when they had the big brawl afterwards. It's oh, in that, that Russian guy uh, is the tough uh, guy. <laughs> And First that, of all, he, you mean the one where he like fights a bear? Like, there's a video yeah. of him actively fighting a bear. He's tough um, guy on the planet. No yeah. Doubt. So like, it's akin to that, except nobody thought McGregor was the best fighter of his generation. There was talk about that for Rousey, 
it would be the equivalent of John Jones losing, which if he would ever get off the stuff, he probably would lose. Um, I bet that we'll see a similar situation later on both lists. Oh, yeah. Till then, let's go over to Adam's number 10. I like this one. We could probably all remember where we were when it happened. Jim Harbaugh and the Stanford Cardinal minus, or excuse me, plus 41 underdogs against the Southern Cal powerhouse Trojans. It was the swing of two dynasties. Or not even, Stanford wasn't really a dynasty, but it, you know, it was a big shift in college football. It, it ended Pete Carroll. It ended Pete Carroll. It started Jim Harbaugh, who has convinced everyone he's very good at coaching. Although his record at Michigan and the odd things that he does in recruiting, like wrestling kids in cleats and drinking milk at their house and telling them not to eat chicken, you know, like all those things. Back in the day, he was a very competent, non-bizarre coach. And he pulled off a huge upset. And that was in the Coliseum too, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And remember, think about this. Back then, 41-point dogs. He was willing to get under center when no one else was, and he's gotten away from that, and I think that's what's hurt him at Michigan. Yep. Well, and I'll tell you this, too. That proved to me this, though. The most dangerous thing you can be or can happen to you is an in-conference opponent because, honestly, that when you see upsets, they they happen a lot in conference because they're not scared of them. Like, the seniors at Stanford are not scared of USC. Why? They've played them three times. You know, it doesn't – like, they don't have – I think sometimes when you get, like, the big matchups out of conference, what happens is is that you get beat by – you get beat before they step off the bus. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. I mean, and Stanford absolutely played – I mean, they they mauled them. Like, it, it was – I mean, they, they were physical. They got after it. I mean, that, you're right. That was supposed to be a team that couldn't be beat, and they certainly did. My man David DeCastro holding it down at guard. Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude, speaking of speaking of monsters, holy God, that dude's good. Yeah, he's a beast. The new Fanica. Uh, there you go. I, I think they were the same number too. The, they did six six. Yep. The yep. number nine for both of these gentlemen. One of the coolest uh, upsets that we that everyone listened to this has gotten to uh, witness with their eyes. University of Maryland, Baltimore County, defeating the number one ranked Virginia Cavaliers in the NCAA tournament. We both beat that at nine? Cool. Yep. Hive mind, baby. Hive mind. Yeah, man. I remember that because, like, it's – you know what's funny? If you had to pick who you thought would lose as a, as a one to a 16, you would have picked Virginia. 100%. Why? Why? Because Virginia couldn't score. Like, you yep. know what I'm saying? Like, like, in the NCAA tournament, you need somewhere to go for a bucket late. And nobody in Virginia could get to the rim. Like, that's the thing. Like, Virginia's built on one thing, defense. Their whole thing is they play great defense. Well, the problem is, is that at some point you're going to need to score. Yep. And Baltimore County was athletic. Like, they could – they were running. They were above the rim. Like, and remember – I remember thinking, like, half through the third quarter, like, this – or the – in the third quarter, into the second half of thinking, this is happening. Like, this yeah. is really – like – this isn't an accident. Like, these dudes are beating them up. Like, it's not a mistake this has happened. Also, can we talk about Virginia a little bit? I feel like Virginia every year, you're like, wow, they're number one in America, and they're most good. And at the end of the year, you're just like, well, they didn't do anything. Well, they won the national championship the they, year. The, the next- yes, but I'm saying, like, for the past 10 years, you know what I mean? But then, And then the year after they won the national championship, the Gamecocks <laughs> beat them in Virginia. Well, let's be real. Virginia plays – I think this – if there was – and this comes up in the tournament a lot. 
the best team that's in the tournament often doesn't win the tournament because yes. of the way the tournament is set up. Like it, we're it's kind of like football, another, the one game. Yeah. So like it's kind of like there's be one later on talk about the same way, but like realistically, like I don't know you play Baltimore County versus Virginia ten times that Baltimore County wins more than one. But on that night, they were just better. And Virginia yeah, plays a style of basketball that on a given night get like they, they have a hard time because they can't score. And like they play a nobody plays a more boring version of basketball than the University of Virginia. Nobody. No one. Like right. it's just pass it down, swing it around, nobody drives. There's not they don't play a lot of athleticism. Like it's just it's again, it's based on playing the modern game. day, so, modern day Dean Smith four corners. It yeah, really fits the whole vibe of their school, too. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I yeah. agree. Football team, everything. But they play excellent defense, and that's why if they can get Pat, that's why when they won the title, they realistically, like, because defense typically travels and it doesn't leave you, and they just lock people down. And that's what yeah. they did. But that night, it wasn't enough against a super athletic Baltimore County team. Now, didn't Baltimore County get – they didn't win the next round, though, did no, they? they got, I think they got beat by Kansas State the next round. That, yeah. And I think that's the same bracket that, like, Loyola Chicago or something came out of. Yeah. Like, it was just a weird – that was another yeah, they weird did, year. They didn't do the Valparaiso deal. Where like, Valparaiso, give them credit. They win the first round and then come back around and win the next game, too. Like, they made a they made or George Mason, like, make a real yeah. deal run. Yeah, George and Mason Baltimore, made the run in the final four. Yeah, Baltimore County makes this run, and it's like it, this thing was, hey, we beat this team, and now we'll go back home. Like, that's basically what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you, here's a real question. Do you think they had to, like, get their hotel stay extended? Like, hey, man, we uh, thought we were <laughs> We thought we were leaving oh, yeah. tonight, but we're gonna need to stay. Yeah. Uh, guys, <laughs> you know that their AD was straight up just like, yeah, just the weekend. It'll be fine. Like we don't need to put. <laughs> I wonder how they do the schedule. Like, do they take care of this? Do they take care of that, or or does no? The incident. Remember when uh, what's the dude who used to be at Michigan is now at San Diego State? He got pissy because. The team he played had to get on a plane and fly home at like 2 a.m. And he was like, the NCAA should take care of it. The NCAA handles all arrangements for the tournament. Right. Like they do all, like they handle all the travel, which they do that for actually, they do that for every division. Like they do that in division two and all NCAA pays for all travel and expenses for the playoffs. Interesting. It's a real thing. I learned something today. All right. Next up, number eight for Adam. Broadway Joe and the 14-point underdog Jets changed the NFL, beating the Baltimore Colts. He guaranteed it. I hate Joe Namath so much. All right, oh, let's God. get it. I love Joe Namath. Pennsylvania great Joe Namath. You I probably would love Joe name. Namath for the reasons why you hate Joe Namath, so let's go ahead and hear why you hate Joe Namath. It's, uh, he, I think he's uh, overrated. Uh, I think he's so overrated. Well, I'll see, like the thing is, like yes, he gets a lot of pub for the guarantee. Who guarantees a loss? What what should he have said? Tell me what he sh- what what would he have said that would have gone the other way? Yeah, man, we're gonna be terrible. Like come no, on, he should. Like, it, well, it's all about the context of the time. In 1967, people are expecting you to say something like, "Well, you know, they have a great team, and we have a great team, and you know, I think the war in Vietnam is a great idea." <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know, I. I, for him I to be like, I don't know that Joe Namath is a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't know that he deserves the love he gets. I don't think he's as. I think he's a lot like 
he and Dan Marino are the same career except for that one game where they where Johnny Unitas got pissy and they didn't win the game. Like basically that's what happened. Like, come like that's a whole other podcast about you comparing Joe Namath to Dan Marino and then saying neither of them belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's a I whole. Say they don't go both belong. I think actually Namath belongs less than Marino does. Disagree. Won a Super Bowl. Um, Joe um, Dan Marino is Sam Bradford in the, in the 1990s. That's all he is. Yeah, incorrect on that too. Listen, if, if, if you got to remember, Dan Marino played against vanilla defenses. They were doing something different than anyone else was doing. His stats are padded. If he played today's game, he'd be Sam Bradford. I'm so glad my internet gave out just then so I didn't have to hear that drivel that you were going to say. <laughs> it's one of anyway, the best. Me, that's it's all it's the, about, though. Tell, tell me about why Joe Namus is the great – why this is such a great upset. Go ahead. This is a great upset because <clears throat> Baltimore was the power at the time, and it was also the shit that the NFL – was dominant at the time. The AFL was kind of seen as just like, yeah, we're playing this. Playing this game of football <laughs> and hamster. There you go. That a boy. I'll finish it for Adam. So <laughs> the Baltimore Colts were the, you know, they were like the, the chiefs of the time, right? They had Johnny Unites, who was the Patrick Mahomes. Did it go out again? Jesus. Yeah, yeah there you go. Go this ahead, hamster. Man. No, man, at the end of the day, it's a huge upset because it changed the dynamic between the NFL and the AFL, and it was just a legendary moment with guaranteeing a victory over what seemed like an unwinnable situation. It forced the two leagues to combine. Yes. To create what we now know as the most powerful. And it started Buddy Ryan's career. He was the D-line coach for that team. Do you think they wouldn't have combined if that hadn't happened? It's possible. Yeah. There's no – all right, one thing we've learned in America is that there's only room for one sports league. Like, name another time where anything – where it ever has worked out having more than one major sports league ever. I don't know. In, ever in the, his, in the history of anything. Like, it doesn't work in women's basketball. It doesn't work in men's ba- – it doesn't ever work. Like, because, again, only one – there's only so many athletes to go around. So, they would have combined eventually. That didn't – but I get what you're saying is that it might have happened faster because of it. I think it it gave it it gave validity to those guys. You know what I mean? There you go. That's the best way to put it. All right, next number eight for Mathis. The first Tom Brady Super Bowl: Patriots over Rams. The greatest show on turf goes down. Dude, nobody had the Patriots winning that game. Like no nobody. No, like, when they won it, it was a feel good story at the time. Yeah. Hey, the best part was is that jo- at the end of it, John Madden is going. I don't know why they're trying to get this, and this is such old coach thing. There's a minute three left. Brady's got the ball at the ten, right? What's Madden say? Play for overtime. Take the knee. You be go out and play for the sudden death and let it be decided on a coin flip. Brady starts going, what are they doing right here? I can't figure out what they're trying to do. If you were good at all this, and of course, we know Vinatieri hits the game winner. Like, it was such a huge deal. And, again, that people forget that Brady, that was before we knew Tom Brady was Tom Brady. Like, he he would not have been their starter. If no, Drew Bledsoe he had been Drew Bledsoe's backup who came in when he got hurt. Yeah, if Drew Bledsoe hadn't almost died, Tom Brady is just, you know, he's a backup. Like, yeah, just, and Drew I mean, Bledsoe had taken them to the Super Bowl in the 90s under Parcells. Like, he yeah, was exactly. Well, and you forget, Bledsoe won them the, the semifinal. Like, remember, yeah. Brady got hurt? Snowball? Thing, That's man. right. No, like, uh, not the snowball. That was the next year. 
The semifinal was they played the Steelers. Right. Cordell right. Stewart led Steelers. Yeah, slash Steelers. Yep. And the Steelers were the one Steelers were the one seed. Hold up. I thought Bled, I thought Bledsoe, the question was because Bledsoe left after the first Super Bowl, right? Yeah, Bledsoe, Bledsoe came in because Brady went down against the Steelers and, and yeah, let him back, yeah. and then took him to. And then yeah. the question was, should they start Bledsoe in the Super Bowl? That was a big. Yeah, and they were and they were talking about the people were watching practice. They're like, "Oh, Bledsoe looks a lot better, and the, the ankle still looks like it's bothering Brady." And you know, we didn't know Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but yeah, people forget that close. Rams team had broken records. Like they were considered to be what modern football was going to be. The greatest um, show on turf. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was. And you know what's funny? Kurt Warner, man, has kind of fallen by. If he think about this, if they win that Super Bowl, Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame, like no question about. He it. He should be in like the Hall he, of Fame. He's a top ten NFL quarterback of all time, which would have been our topic tonight if Mahomes and the Chiefs won. Yeah, like it ain't no doubt. Like it, but really, that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl would have cemented it. Like it's just like if he'd have won that one in Arizona, like that would have really set it apart. It would have made it where it was no question. Where I don't know if he'll get in now, but um. Yeah, that first one, nobody saw it coming, and they they earned it. And, again, it was a lot – it was Tom Brady was a big part of it, no doubt. But also, people forget, man, that defense that year was unfreaking real man. That was when Seymour and all them were on that team. Like, it was so good. <coughs> Willie McGinnis, Teddy Bruce, Bill Young, Ty Law. Rod, wasn't, Rodney Harrison the, wasn't Rodney Harrison the safety on that team? I don't know if he was there yet or not, but it's he funny. He was during that, that run, but I don't know if it was that team. Yeah. All those pieces were the Parcells pieces that he had in that Super Bowl where they lost to the Packers, minus Curtis Martin. And Belichick just came in, found, got the right QB, and bam, they beat one of the best teams of all time. They had yep. Lawyer Malloy. Richard Seymour was a rookie. LR's finest. Matt Light was a was a rookie. They had Purdue. Yeah. Kevin Falk is the running back. Troy Brown, Terry Glenn. They had Kevin Falk is the finest third down back of all time. Hey, that's Marshall Troy Falk, Brown. Wrong that's... Falk. Damian Woody's on the team. That was back when third down back was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's back when like Troy. Hey, remember when like Troy Brown was he's from Blackville, so we all paid attention to it. But Troy Brown was like, he'll play a little defense, a little offense, a little special yeah. teams. Like he'll just play all over the place. And then we'll cut him, and then we'll re-sign him. We don't have to pay him benefits. That's how it'll work. Gotta love it. Mike Vrabel was on the team. Now he's a head coach, and Tom Brady's still playing. Like, Brewski was on that team, I think. Yep, yep. Was. Andy Katzenmoyer, Ohio State, Big Ten great. I don't uh, remember him being as big a part of that team. Just No, saying. but I just remember him as a great player in college. So, that's why I brought that up. Anyways, let's continue Wait. on. Speaking of college football, Adams number seven. Boise State Broncos are in the Fiesta Bowl over Oklahoma. Good pick. Dude, you didn't have that on your list. I'm a little shocked. I did. I did. I was going to. And then I thought about mostly because I didn't think the stakes were as high. Um, and there Change was college football, I, though. Like, look at how many non Power Five teams have gotten the opportunity to play in big bowl games because of that one game. Again, there's a lot of good arguments for why, for why it should be there. I just didn't think there are some bigger stake moments I thought I had on mine. Um, you know, sometimes when championships were on the line when sure. I put down. Um, but it's not a bad pick. I for it's what it might be the most entertaining game I've ever watched in my entire life. Like it's it had, a, it had a hook and ladder and the Statue of Liberty in the same game. Oh, don't forget they also had the like the uh was the halfback pass that yep. and a halfback too. pass too. Yes, yeah. God. That was back when Boise State had the vibe of being like, Oh, they're like a trickster team, and they just, yeah. you know, 
use tomfoolery, and then the reality is like, no, they're a good football team who will line up with anybody and beat their ass because then they proved it against Georgia in the Georgia Dome a couple years later. Yeah, and they were like All super. They were like super pro style. <laughs> yeah, cool. the reality is too like they was like, oh, Boise State's kind of like Hawaii. No, they're not. Nope. Like they're really uh, not. Like, Boise State not and Gonzaga are the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, That's they're a legit. great comparison right there. Yeah, Boise State is legit good. Like, it's not like an accident. They just happen to play in not like a crap conference. But, like, they're legit. You could have put Boise when, – when Utah went to the uh, Pac-12, let's be real, you could have put Boise State there and probably been equally as – Well, the difference right. is – the difference is market share. Utah, you get Salt Lake City. You get a bigger alumni base. Boise State, you're not getting – No, not, not – I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about just for quality of ball club. Oh, like who's a good team? Better quality. Yeah, I think yeah. you get probably – but I think you don't – I mean, I think they are a big – they are a BCS team playing in a non-BCS conference. Absolutely. The Big like, 12 has they, 10 teams. They need to call Boise State and BYU up and say, let's go to 12. They have established themselves in a way where, you know, Auburn comes to get their coach – and yeah, there you go. They're not going to fall off. Boise's, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to believe it now, but like this all started with Houston Nutt at Boise. Wow. Yeah. It went Houston Nutt, then Dan Hawkins, then yeah. Peterson, then yeah. um, my guy at Auburn. What's his name? I'm having a stroke. Harson. Harson, Brian Harson, right? And they just established a solid program, consistently good. But at the time when they beat Oklahoma, they were just some scrappy team. Hey, having a big year. They were the BCS buster. And they came in and won one of the most, especially against Oklahoma, which is such a traditional power. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, yeah. also, it's almost like sometimes I don't understand the, the Texas hype. I was like, well, Texas should be the best team in America. No, Oklahoma should be because if history has shown us anything, they out-recruit Texas and Texas and actually go win the games. Yeah, I'll never forget that game. We have the Chili Bowl every year, which you talked about before here. We have a big thing, watch bowl games all day and eat and hang out. And there's a friend of my dad's who is like, at the time he's probably 65 to 68 years old. He's He can't hardly, like his back's all jacked up. He can't hardly move around. They throw the hook and lateral. He jumps up from the couch and starts yelling, holy mackerel, because obviously we're in like a 1950s sitcom. Um <laughs> Great like, googly moogly. It's yeah, like, <laughs> exactly like it was like it, he, he could not believe like it had happened. Um, that somebody had the guts and they ran it in such a unique way because, like, you know, the hooking that like you, you bring the back out and you flip it to him. Yeah. Oh no, we're gonna run the crosser and flip it to that guy. Like, it was such a good play. And then to make it even better, the running back, you know, in true Disney fashion, Disney college. Yeah, proposes to his game. girlfriend on the sideline. Who is people, a cheerleader? Like a lot of people forget. A lot of people forget that it was 28-17, Boise at the end of the third quarter, and it was actually tied 28-28 with a minute 26 left. Boise State throws a pick six with a minute left, and then they then they do all those things. Was AP on that Oklahoma team? He was indeed. Yes, he was. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that. He was. I remember he was like he. Because he was the man, like we had, he was the freight train that year. Like he was absolutely yes. a monster. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. What a cool, what a cool event. That should have been on your. I want to go watch that game again now. I know we we <laughs> should we should do a Perlo podcast live stream. All well, right. live streams don't go quite how you think they will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next, um, 
So Mathis's number seven we'll see later on Adam's list. Adam's number six we'll see later on Mathis's list. But Mathis's number six is also college football. Clemson's first national title under Dabo over Alabama 2017 Hunter Renfro. <sighs> Go ahead. Did, did did you did anybody pick Clemson to win that game? They were very good. They had Deshaun Watson. It's not bigger. Th- it's not bigger than Boise, but it is- I don't think I'm it's bigger than Boise that. because you have a team that literally is just stacked with NFL talent. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying that. But at the time, everybody said that Bama team was not beatable. Everybody's like, "There's no way they." Win. I think. I think the Trevor Lawrence national championship is a bigger upset than this one. My was again. Nobody thought Clemson was going to. Again, it was like they play in a nobody conference. This is your. They, this is your. They got lucky to go last game. time. Hold on, and for all, the way that the way they win it. Say what you want to. The way they win that game, to throw that rub route right there at the end, and Renfro catches it. Like, come on, man. Like again, I think Clemson was vastly underrated going into the game, and then they proved they were that good there. But it wasn't like the one, the one that Lawrence didn't go out there and win. They just mollywop Alabama. Everybody knew they were that. Everybody knew they were good. But again, they weren't as established. They had lost it the year before, and they and again the stakes are huge. It's for the national title. It's a huge game, and I feel like that's why they were hired. Listen, I know it was the most beautiful thing that you had ever seen since Danny <laughs> Ford threw out his chaw in front of you, and you got to you know have some of it. But I, I, I just. I, comparing it to the Boise game, it's not as huge of an upset. Clemson's a great program. They weren't. They were not considered that. They then. played everybody in the thought, national championship the year before. Once again, though, but everybody, and everybody but they, the same arguments of the year before. There again, they're like, look what happened last year. They don't play anybody in their. They barely they lost, lost the game five. before. They <laughs> barely lost the game before. Dude, people again. Again, I, mean, I, I was working with a bunch of freaking Carolina people at the time. And all they told me was how Clemson was going to get. Okay, started. number one, never listen to a bunch of Carolina fans about <laughs> how good or bad Clemson is. And number two, this is just you being a secret tater, just coming <laughs> to the front, and it's ugly, frankly. First of all, you're lucky I didn't pick two thousand. Uh, two thousand. I mean, do you Newberry over PC? That was a real <laughs> upset. Do you want to put nineteen eighty one? Clemson over Nebraska, which would probably, frankly, be a better upset on here. The biggest college football playoff upset is probably Ohio State when they won it. Because, like, people probably – Oh, when Zeke Elliott took that thing to the crib against Bama, that would be your upset. Yeah, exactly. First of all, I can't believe – I can't believe nobody picked Ohio State over Miami yet. I figured that would have had to bounce. No, that's not Ohio State winning. That's the refs giving Ohio State. They didn't win the game. Miami deserved to win that game. This is our this is our point where we pause it and we let you hear from Anchor, our sponsor. It'll I'll drop. Talk, it'll I'll talk to my guy and I'll text you what you need to put it in. Yeah, for those there you of you listening, you're getting free stock advice from Matt. Oh, we're recording. Uh, okay. I slipped it on so everyone can get that free stock <laughs> advice. We're gonna get we're gonna go GameStop on you here. On the Pro Look Podcast, top 10 list from the South Carolina Low Country. We return back to our list, unless you guys got any last-second advice for the Davy Day traders out there. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Take all your money out of your savings and put it into Bitcoin. No, I'm just going to wait on Joe to cancel my student loans, and I'll buy Bitcoin. Yeah, shit in one hand and hope in the other, and let's see what happens. <laughs> I want to be known that this whole entire season I've not cursed one time. And I had to for that one. That was... And the colonel has gone in deep like three yeah. times. Yeah, three times tonight. 
Three times tonight. When did I do it earlier? Oh, you, well, you, when you listen tomorrow morning on your way to work, you'll hear it. Well, number one, I don't have work tomorrow. You didn't have to go to work tomorrow. Oh, we do. I won't be listening. We, we work in districts that love America, unlike you. Apparently, we're anti-president. So, number five on Mathis's list will be seen later on Adam's. Number five on Adam's list will be seen later on Mathis's. Number four for Mathis. LeBron Cavs, he does it for Cleveland. They beat the Warriors in 2016. Yeah, It would have probably been 10 for me. They're down 3-0. They're down yeah, 3-1, 3-1, 3-1. 3-1, excuse me. They're down 3-1. He brings them back. Nobody saw that coming. Like, it, and I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I'm my years get mixed up with the Warriors. Wasn't that year they won 73? I'm pretty sure it was. Yes, yes, yes. Because they, there's a famous Twitter handle that says they won 73 and they lied to us. Yeah, like they, I mean, the Warriors at the time, what's funny about the Warriors is you talk about how fast your championship window closes. Because they win the one with oh Durant. My God. Yep. Like a drive through window. Yep. Yeah, but like everybody's like, oh, they're the next dynasty. They're going to be the next Celtics. No, they weren't. They lose. And yep. they're never the same. They win that one with the Durant, and then they never get the same again. Like that window to win a championship is so short, which is why that Patriots team is amazing. But LeBron goes out and realistically, like, drags the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like you say Kyrie did this and Kyrie did that. You look no. at those numbers. LeBron dragged them to a championship. And when he left, they were crap again. And everybody that was there was terrible. Yeah, so, it's one of those really great players levitate everybody else's play. Yeah, they make yeah, everybody else's Yeah, play Kevin about. Love was this big three player, and he came and lead the team to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. the pride of Lake Oswego, Oregon, you know, <laughs> looks great. Yeah, when and I, James with you. And I remember watching that game and think for about the block when he runs down and just that was dude. Coming. That was coming. the moment I was thinking about. It's yeah. like he literally <laughs> hovered like a glitch in a video game to block that shot. Yeah. Again, he first of all, when the ball gets picked, when when the ball goes down the court, he is like behind the behind the half court line. And he takes, I think, four steps and he's airborne and just smacks it off the backboard. Like Again, that is one of the greatest plays of all time. One of the most athletic things I've ever seen. Yeah. He is a pterodactyl. Like, the dude is, like, insane how athletic he is to be that size. Like, he – what's funny about LeBron is – tell me this. If LeBron plays during Jordan's era, is he beloved the way Jordan is? Or because we become so damn cynical, is it because, wow, he gets so much hate? Like, I think – Eras are such a huge deal. I, people hate LeBron, who I'm sure loved Michael Jordan during that time Jordan was playing. Like, it, it's just a different time in the yeah. world. But he also changes the narrative. Like, LeBron doesn't have to win six now to be bet, to be considered. He changed his story because he wanted a place that had never won before. He goes to places, and when he gets there, they are winners. You know what I mean? He's also, yeah, and he's like, also oh, the only bubble winner ever. Like, they're probably going to win it again this year. Yeah. Well, they always say things like, "Oh, well, he picks his he picks his team." In that case, he's also the best general manager in the league. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like, but the, why do you hate on him for knowing how to do too. his job well? The Warriors pick their team too. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that the people in the front office listen to him because he's the best player on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be stupid not to. Hey, I want to play with these guys. Well, if you if I can pick these guys, I'll come play with you. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's the same version of playground basketball. Like, exactly. come on, man. Like, again, 
And that championship really elevates him to a new level. Like he, he, the whole, and he did it for the storyline. I come home, we win it here. And they had gone the year before and didn't win it. And then nobody gives them a chance. And then he drags them in there and they get it done. I don't have um, a problem with, with that. It was actually pretty awesome. Now yeah, that I'm really, really cool. Yeah. He, it was, I think it was a huge, it was a huge moment. And it's a big moment for that city who has had so much heartbreak. Yeah. Like, I mean, just unreal yeah, amounts of it. Indian, well, their river Indian catches Indian on river. fire. It's a terrible place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. What is the most famous thing about Cleveland? They made a movie about how much the Indians suck. Like, that is the most famous thing about Cleveland. The best um, thing about Cleveland is someone made two homemade uh, tourism commercials for Cleveland. Where they are literally the finest YouTube videos of all time. Oh, isn't that the one where they're doing the, our whole economy is LeBron James? Or yeah, where it's like, like come down to Cleveland today. <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. I like the Drew Carey. And, and the tagline is, we're not Detroit. <laughs> oh, my. All right, let's keep rolling. Number four for Adam. We get to reach back into Mathis's list. His number five. The undefeated Patriots are beat by... Eli Manning and Plexiglass Burris. Oh, so David good. Tyree, baby. David Tyree. On his helmet. God I mean, damn. No one, no one thought the Giants had a chance. Yeah, that legit, they thought no one, they did not think they had a chance. I mean, they had already crowned the Patriots as the best team of all time. And they were undefeated and they looked like they were. Once again, it's the only time where Tom Brady had a receiver that was legitly a player. Like the he greatest, had the, best, the greatest receiver ever. Randy, played. He had Randy Moss playing better than Randy Moss ever played, and Randy Moss is a freak. Yeah, and like remember they won, like they were like they were, and they were. It was a team of destiny, and it was going to be nineteen. You know, and Mercury Morris was crying every week because yeah. you know <laughs> they weren't ever going to get. It was going to be over. Nobody's going to care who Mercury Morris ever was again. And then Eli. Old big nose Eli goes out there. Old breathing only out of his mouth, Eli. You put respect yeah. on Eli's name. He won too. <laughs> he, he absolutely did. And and was a and know it's funny, was a reason that they won them. Like it wasn't like they won in spite of him. Like he was a reason why they won those games. Um, you know, he goes out there and what's funny is and the question I always have is this with the in a regular season ball game, would they have blown the whistle on that play? to protect the quarterback and because it was the super bowl do they let it run itself out and he gets out and throws that just heave to tyree you know that's that a, is great a great question. question that really is a great question but also you gotta remember this this is 2007 the rules are a little different the quarterback protection has grown over the last 10 years and you know this is 14 oh that play's definitely ago. blown dead now no question yeah that it's definitely like there's no doubt that play's blown dead five seconds i, I don't know if you remember this but they played in week 16, these they did. and it was on NBC. It was a bit, you know, big deal. It was for the undefeated and the Giants lost to the Patriots. Dude, that I loved those Giants teams. Wasn't that Justin Tuck? Yeah, the great Justin, dude, that was that was Justin Tuck. That was Strahan. That was all those guys. That was when that Jim Jones balling song was really popular. And every time after they sacked somebody, their whole D line yeah. would get up and do it. I remember Justin Tuck had the samurai face mask and would do like the Bruce Lee bow every time Sir, he had a sack. Two words from that era: Brandon Jacobs. Wow. Oh, yeah. He was he was thunder and lightning with who? Who's the running back? Uh, I'm looking at the roster right now. Ahmad Bradshaw. There you go. 
I did love the fact that Tiki left because they were using him too much, and then that, they won the Super Bowl the year after. Like, it was- and the greatest Gamecock quarterback of all time was on that roster. Connor Shaw? Anthony Wright, dog. Oh, wow. A1. A1. Jesus, that's a long time. A1. Whew. That was literally his last year in the NFL, and he walked out with the Super Bowl. What's funny about David Tyree is he makes that catch and is never heard from again. Like that dude, he scored a touchdown in that game too. Kind of like another guy from the Patriots. Lord, remember David Patton? Yep. Yeah, he won the uh, like, MVP, didn't he? He was the MVP of the Super Bowl, and they cut him the next year. Like it was like ridiculous. God, this, this Giants defense, dude. OCU Menorah, Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, Matthias, Matthias Kiwanuka, Chase Blackburn, Antonio Pierce. Like they had some. Beast on the steel. Yeah. Corey Webster. Yeah. That game, I mean, that game, that game was so like no nobody saw that coming. Nobody. No. That was a fun team. Absolutely. Good. Good. That was a great upset. That's definitely top 10 worthy. All right. Let's continue on. Number three for Mathis. We get to dig back into Adams. Number six. I think it's 1985. Villanova, eight seed, Raleigh Massimino over Georgetown. By the way, Raleigh Massimino might be one of the best basketball coaches, not for his talent, but just because he at, he is exactly who you think of if you had to create a Northeastern <laughs> basketball coach in a lab. Dude, he like, is like – imagine if you had Super Mario and made him into a basketball coach is basically what he was. <laughs> what? What's the name of Adrian's – oh, Pauly, uh, Adrian's brother from Rocky? Yes, that is That's absolutely Raleigh. That is – that's it's just Paulie from Rocky in a suit. First of all, when they hey, when they win it, they have the parade, and this is his exact words: "We're so excited to be the national champions of the nation." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he was. And what's funny is name somebody off that Villanova team. Oh, man, well, what's his name? The guy, the guy that made the shot. Well, for McLean was the guy that got off there. The guy, the guard who was supposedly high the entire time. Like he came out later in a book and said that he was like at the he was he was high at the White House after when they got when they got invited, um, but it's a bunch of guys who are like you know not the stars and here comes Georgetown and Patrick Ewing who had won it the year before and who was basically like imagine a tiger who was cut loose in the middle of the basketball court like he was a freak and it's Georgetown who is a blue blood and it is just I mean. There's no way. But what the interesting stat was, and, and HBO had a great documentary on, um, was that, do you know what they shot in the second half of that game? No. 85%. Wow. Like, and and John Thompson said, it, he's like, honestly, our best thing, our whole key to our game was transition baskets off of rebounds, and they shot the ball extremely well. There's no rebounds to be had. Like, Again, they won the ball game by I think four points, and I they really shot eighty-five percent. Good lord! Like you, that's how good. Sometimes you got to look at upsets though about how well somebody has to play to beat you. Like again, they had to shoot eighty-five percent, and they still only won by four. Guys, here's like, the road they went through. Not, I mean, when, I think when you look at NCAA tournament, you can look at one game. I think you also have to look at the entire thing because of the way it's set up. They had to beat number one seed Michigan. They had to beat 
Dean Smith, North Carolina, who you know had good – they had Brad Doherty. Like, then they went to the Final Four, had to play Memphis State, and then Georgetown. Like, wow. Yeah, and what's funny is that's the year they extend the tournament because I think mm-hmm. Villanova goes in as a nine. Eight. They go in as an eight or nine, but they extended the tournament. In previous years, they would not have made it. And <laughs> they got – because they, they showed yeah, the year, them that – the year before was 53 teams instead of 64. Yeah, and so they, they get in, and the whole thing was, like, you can see them on Selection Sunday. They're, they're super geeked up. And they get there, and it's, uh, you know, the whole thing is they beat Georgetown, who, again, was an absolute freak of a team. And, you know, what's funny is if they don't – if Georgetown hadn't won it the year before, like, you talk about the biggest bust of all time is John Thompson and Patrick Ewing. Like, you know, it's – Wait, they won the year before, I thought. Yeah, they beat Houston. So, no, as I'm saying, if George, I'm saying if Georgetown doesn't win. Like, losing to Villanova, if they had not won it the year before, you're talking about how they're a bust. About oh, they would have been, yeah. As a coach. Like, yeah, the year before, though, they only lost three games. Yeah, but the year before is when they go out there and absolutely smack Houston around. Like, you know, they – I mean, they – they because that's when Clyde Drexler had left and Akeem had left, I believe, from – uh from Houston and they go out there just maul people. But I'm just saying like, if you think about it though, they lose it. Like that, that was supposed to cement the legacy of how great Ewing and Thompson were together and Villanova ruins it. And that's a perfect upset. It is one of the greatest. Sure was. Again, now I have to go watch Requiem for the Big East. That's a great, that's a good one, man. First of all, the, my favorite one is, is it the coach for Providence that has, like, the gigantic ears and he looks like he's, like, 100 years old? St. John's. St. <laughs> John's, who wears the we sweaters. Done, yeah. Have we done top 30 for 30s yet? Because we need to do that. Again, every time you think you're going to be out of top 10 list, they just keep popping up. They sure keep do. Let's we got rolling. plenty of content, people. Don't you worry. We'll never run out for you loyal listeners. And You guys and, in Iran and just keep yes. printing the shirts. Yep. Keep <laughs> printing the shirts. Number two for Mathis is also number five for Adam. Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson during Mike Tyson's heyday. 42 to one, baby. I put that note in mind. 42 to one. And not only one, kind of whooped his tail. First of all, it wasn't no accident. It became one of the things you could learn about Mike Tyson was that he had problems with bigger fighters. Like with guys who were really heavy athletes. Big athletic guys because Lennox Lewis did it to yep. him too. Was that bit and Riddick Bow did it to him a little and bit? Evander Holyfield. Well, Evander Holyfield was smaller. Oh, he was. Um, yeah, but Evander Holyfield was like a light heavyweight that bulked up. He and Tyson were roughly the same size, but George Foreman and those kind of guys like those. And I don't think George ever fought Mike Tyson, but like those, George Foreman had always said that Mike Tyson would have trouble with a bigger fight and that you know, Buster Douglas was kind of what the modern heavyweight looks like now. I think he's like six four, like two, like he's heavy, and he proceeds to whipping that ass. Like it wasn't no accident. And Tyson, and that's kind of unravels it. What's funny is you wonder what Tyson becomes if there's no Buster Douglas loss. Does he go off the rails like he did? You know, I mean, obviously with Customato dying, that was part of it, but also the that loss really showed he was vulnerable. And before he had been the baddest man on the planet, and then he wasn't. And that fight really undoes him as a fighter and as an athlete. I, I do think it happens no matter what. His, his well, he was always on the he was always on the edge, but I think that pushes it over quicker. Yeah, it speeds up the decline. 
kind of like the, you know, we were talking earlier about the Jets win, you know, you know, getting the leagues to do what they did. I think, you know, it just accelerates it. Yeah. But, I mean, he you're absolutely right about this. He beat him. Like, he beat the snow. It wasn't no accident that he beat him. Like, he – remember, and the thing was, it was such an upset, they couldn't get the fight in America. Yeah. They fought in Japan. Yes, that's right. That's right. And we have a loyal listener to the Perlo podcast that named his dog after Buster Douglas. Really? Chris from Somerville. Chris from Somerville. Shout out to Chris. He's a fine man. He is. If you, if you have any hope. And if you have, a, and if you have housing needs in the greater Somerville, Charleston area. Tri-County. Tri Tri-County. Tri-County area. I'll tell you now, hey, outhouse, doghouse, big house, he'll sell them all. <laughs> he did a great job with ours. Number two for Adam. Let's get back to college basketball. Jimmy V over five slamma jamma. I knew you were going to pick that. Why wouldn't I? And tell me why it's, it's not up there. Because it's no, in Uni chapter four. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, Bruce Feldman wrote a great book about it. It's, <laughs> well, he produced, he produced, what's the 30 for 30? Go ahead, man. No, no, no. I, I, I sincerely want to hear why it's not there. No, it's no, it's it's a huge it's a huge win. There's no question. It's a big deal. I thought there was some other one. Again, I want you what's funny about it is you could go just NFL and NCAA and do all this entire list, and you wouldn't be wrong. There's that many upsets in those one again, the one and done nature of those tournaments is such a big thing. Um, and I kind of wanted to spread my list around, but it's a good pick. They from the ACC tournament, they had to scrap their way in and just were this kind of unpredictable team who went out and beat what looked like an unbeatable team. I mean, and again, and they went and they win it on an air ball, like that's yes, they win it on an air ball. <laughs> yes, they do. It is an air ball, <laughs> like it, like again, if somebody if anybody boxes out on that play. It's all right, we're good. It was a great job. And then, you know, again, that it's a good, it's a great story. I just, I, it, it wasn't on my, I, I thought I liked Villanova better. Um, and they yeah. almost lost in the opening round. Well, the one seed in their bracket, the one seed in their bracket was Virginia. And if it wasn't, of course for, they were. Of it, course they were. And if were. it wasn't for UMBC as a 16 C, we would have had Chaminade over Virginia that same year in our top tens <laughs> in the Maui. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. Did, did didn't um was who they play first like Pfeiffer or somebody somebody really or Pepperdine or somebody like that? Whoa 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 whoa! You don't speak ill on Pepperdine, but yes, it was Pepperdine. <laughs> it was Pepperdine. Then UNLV. This is before they really got going. Then UCLA got beat, so they got to play Utah. Then they beat Virginia by one, and then they got Georgia in the Final Four. Then- NC State was the sixth seed. Right. Yep. Did that I Georgia almost- team have a – who was it that was the good best Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins, yeah, played for the Hawks. Might have been. Well, I'm, I'm looking at their look. roster. Stand no, that's, what, what year is that, 85? 80, no, it's uh, – 82, 83. Yeah, Vince Fleming and it Terry was- Flair are their big guys on that team. Uh, yeah, this was it the- – 83 tournament. Yeah, you figure – I almost picked Duke over UNLV. I almost had them down. Uh, when I they thought about putting them on there, but Duke is such an established power. I just – You know, you would yeah, think Gamecocks over Duke in the 2017 tournament, just saying. 
I'm not putting the chickens on any list. <laughs> Navy over the Gamecocks, 84 football. Uh, the scars. The scars. But NC State, I think it does deserve to be top 10. I think that, you know, five slam and jamma was unbeatable, kind of like, you know, like a Bama of their time in football. And, and you know, and NC State. What's funny about five slam and jamma is like, and, and I think it was uh, Krzyzewski says, is that the game before really messed them up because of the nature of it. They played Louisville in the semifinal. And I think it's the first time he'd ever seen both teams play above the rim for the entire game. Like, all they did was just, like, everybody just dunked the entire game. Um, and they and supposedly Houston was so dead-legged, like, they couldn't hardly – and, again, everybody makes excuses why they lose. But the whole idea is, like, he, they were just so spent, spent from the semifinal that they had no gas for the final. Um, and that really and that really messed them up. Well, just so you know, it's not Louisville, it's Louisville. So get your pronunciations right. It's not Louisville. Hey, how does the uh, King of France pronounce his name? Number one. Here's a weird thing about Kentucky. They have towns like uh, they have a Versailles, a Versailles there, and they call it Versailles. They say everything yeah, different. Right there than, tells you everything you need to know. Everything yeah. is said different than how you here's and I the thing, would Here's the thing about Kentucky. They really enjoy their meth in quantities above grams. That's really what they enjoy. <laughs> That's really where they're like, hey, you know what's funny? I bet they don't even count it in metrics. I bet they go pounds and ounces. They're probably you know yelling the pound- at their they're probably yelling right now at their radio because I know they're listening about not putting Man of War nineteen nineteen on here for getting upset. Well good lord, they gotta yell these they're separated by like miles and miles from each other in their hollers. You know they don't possibly. I mean, <laughs> Holler no. is the word we don't use enough in this we, country. We we are on to our number ones. Number one for Adam is number seven for Mathis. App State on the first game ever on the Big Ten Network changes college football and beats Michigan. Oh, uh, look at you! Hey, somebody's gonna get a special cookie at work on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have that going on a loop at work every day? Like, you have to watch it, like, pledge allegiance before you go out? I missed all that because the hamster got off the wheel, but I'm assuming that it's about something about my job and the fact that we have to watch it every day. So, uh, no, we don't. It really just stuck out to me as the number one because I remember the day it happened. I pledge allegiance to Armani Edwards. I pledge allegiance to the mountain. Oh, oh no, it, it was huge. I mean, I remember people scrambling, figuring out where can we watch Big Ten Network. I, I remember exactly where I was, and Adam, you probably remember exact thing. Gamecocks are opening their season that day. and I assume at, against like, NC State. No, it was against like UL Monroe or Lafayette, one of those teams, and the Gamecocks barely won. Um, but – Everyone's like, holy crap, this is, you know, somehow the word gets out, I guess, you know, you know people have like the, the satellites out there and, and one tailgate in the um, fairgrounds, like four or five rows over, got it. And there was like 300 people. It felt like crowded around this one TV watching the yeah. last couple minutes of that game. It well, was- and people forget that Michigan team goes on to win nine, right? That was the year Lloyd Carr got fired. They beat Tebow. Yeah, they, they, and they that beat- team went on and- to beat Tim Tebow, Florida in the bowl game yeah. the year he won the Heisman. Yeah, yes. is it? Does it? They they beat Tim Tebow in the final game in the bowl game. Like that wasn't a bad Michigan team. They were number one in the country. Yeah, like 
they no doubt, man. App State and what's funny, I feel like that I know there have been other times like Furman had beaten Clemson, like those kind of things, but like I never I feel like App State started kind of the giant killer thing where you could play some of those teams that were getting ready to make that D1 bump and or that bit, you know, from FBS to, or from FCS to FBS. And like they like Georgia State or Georgia or Georgia Southern when they beat Florida, you know, like they started that like kind of thing where like that the giant killer team that go in there and beat those people and they kind of announce themselves to the world. And I think it changed the way that kids started to look at going to those programs. You know what I mean? Yeah. The FCS schools do play good quality football. They There are good players there. You can go to these schools and you can compete with the best in the country. I remember this though. They were supposed to, they were so humble too. Cause like after the game, they were like, you know what guys keep looking forward. Next week got Lenore Ryan. Got to go beat them. Wofford that year. Oh man. That, that's Wofford college has a transitive win over Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually a transitive win over Tim Tebow. A transitive win over the Florida Gators. Yes. All right, sorry, we had a little glitch there, a little power outage here in Somerville, South Carolina. I think either the computer thought that, you know, the App State talk was getting a little too hot here and it had the, the whole house shut down, or or the Russians came in and got us because they didn't want to hear about Mathis's number one, Adam's number three. Do you believe in miracles? USA over to Soviets, 1980, Lake Placid Hockey Olympics. Okay, let's be clear. Two things stopped the Cold War. One, Rocky beats Drago, okay? And two, Aruzioni goes out there with Herb Brooks and in true gym rat fashion finds a way to beat those pesky Russians in 1980 in Lake Placid. Um, you know, I don't know that there's that, – that's just the right answer. Like, there's no question that's the right answer. Um, it hits all the marks. It's, you know – it, people who don't normally watch hockey watched it because of the political ideas behind it. Um, you know, it felt bigger than it probably really was in hindsight, but it was such a huge moment for America. It happens in the Olympics, which is all about, you know, that nationalist feeling of we're better than you and not only in sports, but as a country. I mean, it hits all the high notes. It does. No doubt about that. And there's been some great documentaries made about it. I'm sure Bruce Feldman's involved with one of them. Um, <laughs> <very produced team. laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Leah Schreiber goes out there and gives that, you know, you know, that by fair lines, like, and then suddenly the man whose name means eruption in, ta- in Italian pops off, you know, and that's when he, Arruzzini scores that He's last goal. Really great voiceover guy. Oh, that's for, and, and it doesn't sound like him when he like if you really you have to kind of listen to it because it doesn't sound like him when he acts like it just doesn't sound like yeah because he's the bad um, guy in salt like he's the Russian operative yeah uh, he's I mean he's saber tooth and he's saber tooth and Wolverine um, saber tooth and Wolverine yeah so what I was saying he is saber tooth and Wolverine and I he said, is spoiler alert for those that haven't seen salt <laughs> that's the plot twist <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No question, but I, I agree. I mean, you know, the App State thing definitely got Adam um, a little stipend bonus at work, but the Miracle on Ice is far and away the greatest sports upset of all time, just because of all the things that you said that has to do with it. Oh, I mean, and again, the key thing is not only that, but they managed to do it without the crocodile catching them. You know, like <laughs> that's a huge deal. Um, well, Betty White was feeding the crocodile. That's you know, 
First of all, there's that's a great movie that no, nobody gives credit to. Terrible movie. It's a B movie. It's a great. I mean, it it does what it's supposed to. It's a monster flick. It's really. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's a and it's got big name people in it too. But it's and best line of that movie is yeah we heard there's another one in New York but I get we get named ours first you know it's just a great deal. <laughs> but um, let's yeah, wrap let's wrap this up. The most notable omission is Rulon Gardner in the 2000 Sydney Olympics Greco-Roman wrestling. Then Rulon Gardner went out and ate the entire Russian continent because he's also <laughs> the biggest loser. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, he was. He, you know, he put on the LBs and then you know. Most notable biggest loser moment of all time is in the movie Get Him to the Greek. Puff Daddy going, it's biggest loser time. It's daddy's favorite show. I love that part. That's the best part of that movie. Um, number one for Adam, App State over Michigan. A little pandering. And number one for Mathis is The Miracle on Ice. Next episode, we will record either end of this week or beginning of next, depending on Mathis's real estate schedule. Warzone update. Warzone update. Of course, I am continuing my dominance at 17W. The Colonel, the rare Colonel win has happened, mostly because I can't keep track of time. Um, you would have lost but, anyway. <laughs> yes. You can't prove that. Um, so, anyway, uh, I have 17. Uh, Sean has eight. And then the Colonel is moving up with four. Wasn't um, the game. It's happening. It's, it, it is starting to happen. Basically, he's coming back from two laps down in Daytona right now. Well, um, we just ended stage two for those of you listening live. If you're listening live, you need a wiretap to make that admissible, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, don't I don't know how you're doing it, but um, if you're sneaking in here listening to me, just remember I did not mean what I said about Donald Trump's hair. Just putting that out there. <laughs> oh my awesome job again. We appreciate everyone that tune listens in. Give us five stars on Apple. Or Spotify, whatever you're listening on. Contact we need five. Us. We need five stars because, as you can tell, our technical abilities are pretty limited. As we caused an entire town to shut down at a power grid, so I mean, we really need to step <laughs> up in our game. We are. We we get more stars as podcasters than we ever got in our sports careers, athletes on rivals. Well, that just takes us to have one star. Like that's all it takes. <laughs> you have to like, you have, like, that's like some big accomplishment. Like I mean, yeah, I mean, in the world of infinities, like point one is higher than zero. I mean, come <laughs> on now. Contact us at perlopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Ann, for your support. Or Perlo underscore podcast on Twitter. Let us know if we missed any amazing sports upsets like the 1969 New York Mets over the 1969 Baltimore Orioles in the World Series. Tune in next week. Thank you again for listening to Perlo Podcast Top 10 Lists from the South Carolina Low Country. Also, little secret is the third time we're trying to record the ending. <laughs> third time's a charm, baby. Third time's a charm. I'm just barely holding on. Good night, Sean. Good night. <laughs>